I'm Saleh. And I'm Christian. And this is episode 159 of Shades of Brown. Well, actually, this is uh, Shades of Vaccination, not Shades of Brown, because we're half vaccinated. That's a terrible joke. <sighs> That's, but technically uh, true. Technically true. Technically um, true. Yes. Um, I, while, while this may be CDC propaganda... Get a vaccine if you can. I feel like I'm obligated to say that. In our in our highly esteemed influencer, in our influencer status, you know, we are Mastodon's only influencers. And so uh Mastofluencers is actually the proper oh, name. Jesus, that's um, that's bad. And so yeah, don't, we are we are sponsored by the C D C this week. Don't 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 tell Gargon about that. He's gonna get some <laughs> Um so so we this week we have a lot of uh, it's been a lot of gadget news actually so it's 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 a it's a classic you know classic El- uh, shades of brown episode uh we got some microsoft stuff to talk about uh this this sort of just came out of i feel like i this 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 didn't get it because the apple event which we were going to talk about later kind of overshadowed as it always does at the, this particular launch but i think it's worth talking about what what microsoft launched this week with the well not this week it was last week uh well announced the, last week reviews came out this week okay basically um so the apple not the apple so the microsoft surface laptop 4 is that the only thing that was uh launched i mean or? i don't know if you want to talk about the new microsoft team certified headsets i didn't put oh, it in the show oh, notes but oh, i mean okay okay no no okay that's fine we can we can skip those so let's let's talk about the surface laptop 4 this is a 15 inch laptop right um, 15 and 13 two sizes okay so we have two skews or uh, rather two two sizes um are both of them uh with AMD Ryzen processors? They're AMD and Intel. So look there should be um yeah yeah the specs basically the, the matrix chart is there on uh, on ours. If you open the ours article, scroll down how the 13.5 and the 15 inch skew break down there. So you can get it with AMD or Intel depending on what you want configured. So it looks like the lower end skews are are AMD Ryzen 5 4680U. Right, both of them are the same. Uh, like the 13 inch has the 460, uh, 4680U, uh, Ryzen 7, and the 15 inch has the Ryzen 7 4980U. Right. Um, and the differentiator between, like, it's just like the two SKUs on the 13 inch and two SKUs on the 15 inch are both differentiated by RAM, right? So you have, uh, so this is a little weird. The only way to get 16 gigs of RAM on the 15 inch model is to, oh, actually they have a 16 I, I misread it. There's a, there's a three 15 inch Ryzen SKUs. God, this is so many SKUs, bro. Um, so you have eight gigs for the base model, eight gigs of RAM and 256 gigabytes of SSD. Which I think for a for thirteen in point nine uh, inch laptop, pretty good, right? Pretty good for for yeah that base model at nine ninety nine American like that for because I think the thing we always talk about even before we get into like the rest of the hardware is the base model surfaces are always bad. Like I don't think there's been a time where you remember the Surface Go laptop right or the Surface Go tablet. It's always like either no storage or really shit EMMC storage and I think this one actually has a decent base model for that 13.5 inch. Yeah, so uh, like there's no EMMC, right? This is all like a uh, these decent M2 um, NVMe that's user replaceable. Okay, that oh, so you okay. can pop off the keyboard, right? You just take off four screws and you pop off the keyboard and it's an um M.2 little slot you can pop in and out. That's actually quite cool. Like that is pretty unique in this sort of uh sort of kind of laptop, right? Like I didn't expect uh this product to have user serviceable parts. Uh so that's 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 cool. Uh 
So we we have AMD and uh, Intel processors here. Like, how are the AMD processors faring? Like, is it like this is a good Ryzen? This is um Zen. This is not this year's new Ryzen. It is last year's though? But last year's it's based off of Zen two, I believe. Like, Zen two is a good one, right? That's when it got good. Yeah, so these are Zen two base cores, and so if you the performance basically is they both roughly get about 10, 12 hours of battery life in real time, real usage between Intel and AMD. Um, the Intel one technically has slightly better graphics. Um, like uh, some YouTube videos I was seeing for benchmarks, think of Overwatch 1080p high, um, 60 plus ish, like 68 through 80 on Intel and 40 to 60 on AMD. Like I, I don't know if the IG, like IGP performance. This is not this is not one of those laptops that people get to play games on, right? Like that's I feel like that kind of benchmark doesn't. It works for Gamers Nexus because Gamers Nexus audience is like mostly like gamers, but like for this laptop's demographic, like I, I, I don't think the iGPU has to be good enough to drive, obviously drive the display and not, not be able to do like video, to be able to do video decoding, right? Like for accelerated video decoding. Like you, yeah, you yeah this be is able like to, a productivity device, right? This is basically yeah, like Word, Chrome, YouTube, you watch Netflix and on Discord it. and shit, right? Yeah, you watch like youtube and netflix on it like that it should be able to do that kind of video decoding like that that should be fine um so i like i'm i'm liking the look of this hardware actually so how many ports like does this thing have this looks like it has like i see a one usb a port is that a usb a port yeah usb a um usb c not thunderbolt um combo headphone microphone jack and then a Surface Connect port for charging. Is there an SD card slot, or is that a Surface? No, that's a, I think that, that's, that's a, a Surface. You know the proprietary okay. magnetic chargers. That's uh, what that is. Okay, cool. Uh, so that's fine. Like I feel like it's interesting that they, they decided to go with uh, one USB A port and one USB C port instead of two USB C ports. Well, it's Microsoft. They hate USB C. Yeah, I, I don't. Okay, I mean, I will get to that a little bit later when you talk about USB C. But like I. That's a little, I mean, I don't, like, I don't think it's terrible that they do that. I think a lot of people, obviously, I still have a lot of USB-A devices. Everybody has a lot of USB-A devices because USB-A has been dominant for so long that it's kind of, it's pretty much like if you have, if you have used USB in the last, I don't know, a long time, like, you have, it's all USB-A. Like, all of your devices are going to be, like, USB-A on one end, right? Like, it's, it's just, just, that's the reality of it. So I don't think it's, I don't think it's, like, a bad idea to have a USB-A port. I'm just... This it's like they should have had at least another USB C port there. Uh, I don't know, maybe they didn't have the space for it, but you know, uh, that or Thunderbolts, Thunderbolts. <laughs> I mean, USB C with Thunderbolts, right? Like, uh, just I, I don't know. Uh, Microsoft, hello, Thunderbolt. Because you can get on AMD now with um, Thunderbolt Four, right? Thunderbolt Four is royalty free, so you can technically get a Thunderbolt Four controller for AMD processors. It's no longer Intel exclusive. Yeah, I wonder about that. Uh, I think Microsoft just actually just hates USB-C uh, and Thunderbolt uh, for some reason. And also, it's a USB. Okay, we're we're gonna dunk on the USB IF for one one minute. Uh, USB-C 3.1 Gen 2 port. I don't know what that actually means uh, because it's fucking confusing. Uh, there's a USB-A port and a you mentioned 3.5 millimeter headphone jack. Uh, so that's good. Uh, and these. Uh, the, looking at the sizes of the screens, like they are about the size of the MacBook Air, right? Like it's about it's taller, the three by a little two, bit taller, a little bit taller. The size. Okay, okay, so that's 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 fine. Uh, how is battery life looking on these? That's I think the biggest thing with these. Always, especially with the ultra portables, uh, like or oh, the thirteen inch models, I'm always looking at like what is the battery life looking. So the claim is sixty point five and seventeen point five for AMD and Intel, respectively. Um, 
However, there's some YouTube benchmarking I was seeing. It's more real life of like 12 to 11, depending on what you're doing. But then again, right? Apple claims like, you know, 20 hours for the MacBook Airs, MacBook Pros, but you really get like 14, 13 in real life usage. But that's still good, right? That's still good battery life. Yeah, no, that's, that's, that's really, I mean, that's incredible. Nobody's like, I don't think anybody's using the laptop for 12 hours straight. So I don't think like that's, like as long as you get like I don't know six hours of like good battery life, like I feel like that's pretty good for a laptop of, of this size and and like power category, like processor and everything else. Like I think that's like that is pretty good. Uh, there is a fan in this, right? Uh, well, all of these have a fan in them. So, but it's uh, according to the Windows Central review, uh, pretty quiet fan. So hopefully that's like not not too. Not too like I would I would be interested to see like how hot these things get like from a like how does the case get hot like uh, how does the case feel when it gets a little like when it when it, the processor ramps up a little bit like I uh, I'm, I'm curious about that. So actually, what you notice it does to prevent it from getting warm is it throttles on the AMD model. The AMD model throttles more than the Intel one does for thermal reasons. So you'll find that um, boost clocks and other things are scaled back. Um, I actually, I think probably for battery reasons too, right? Because AMD ones can, um, they're power efficient, but obviously, you know, throw them up, your battery's going to go kaput. So yeah, I think that you, you, you get a little less performance when you're on battery, but I think that's probably better for thermals and the longevity of the machine anyways. Yeah. Uh, you probably don't want to, like, I think it's better to sacrifice a little, uh, sacrifice clock speed and throttle down the processor instead of it getting warm because that's, I think, getting warm is, is bad for laptops. Uh, uh, that's. I mean, even then, you're not, you're not editing video on this machine, right? I mean, you can, like, it, it's probably could do it okay-ish, but, you know, most people are buying this or. Not, not, not really. Yeah. Not really. Yeah. I don't think this is like the workhorse uh, video editing machine for sure. Uh, there's a front facing webcam. It's still, um, uh, webcams are still bad on laptops. It's 720. No, Microsoft does good webcams. I mean, it's, Microsoft, it's not, it's not, it's not, it's not about the resolution that they do. It's about how, so I've owned services. You've had services too, but you probably, I don't know. It's been a while since I know you've had your Surface 3, but, uh, or your Surface Pro 3 rather. But what they do with it is that the, like with how, um, selfie cams on phone works, they're really good about balancing out light. So your face never looks blown out. There's a joke there that I can't make, but <laughs> I'm going to cut that. But like, it's basically, it's about like bouncing out the colors of with the, um, with light and that. So you don't, so you can actually face is visible. And even those when 720p, I've always found that Microsoft has been really good about that with the service devices and their microphones are not shit on them too. Okay. Uh, these are both have, uh, uh Wi-Fi six chips in them. So that's good. You know, I like the uh, Xbox. I like the Xbox, Bluetooth 5.0, you know, all that. Uh, and speaking of color, like colors, these come, like, it's interesting that this, the 13.5 inch model actually has more options on the color front than the 15 inch model, right? Like, it's, it's interesting. Uh, like the, the, the 13 inch has like, uh, okay, so there's two materials, right? Like there's, uh, on, on the 13 inch, uh, there's the Alcantara that they call, the Alcantara material. That's the cloth-like material, right? Uh, it comes in, uh, platinum or ice blue. I'm guessing platinum is like a silver-ish color. Um, metal also comes in matte black or sandstone, which I assume is a, like a brownish color, maybe, uh, yellowish. 
more, more like maybe gold, like bronze. Oh, gold. Okay, bronzeish color. Okay, so that's that's that. And on a fifteen inch model, it only has platinum metal and bla- matte black metal, which I find interesting that they don't use the Alcantara. And maybe the fabric doesn't scale to doing larger. Maybe, maybe that's I think yeah, that's interesting that they like they decided not to have like with those, those like the Alcantara ones on on the fifteen inch model. But yeah, uh, I do you like the Alcantara? Material like I I I have I don't think I've actually used it. I don't remember it the Surface Pro three enough to comment on on the material feels like like I actually no I never had the Alcantara one the fa- the the um touch cover I had was um just the the whatever fabric they used before Alcantara I think the thing is like it's I think it's more of a question of which one feels better right like smooth polished metal or fabric I think it's like really a personal preference for the texture. For me, I would prefer metal just because I think that's probably not more comfortable per se, but like easier to clean in that. But I guess for some people, right, for typing, it probably does feel nicer for them to have like a softer fabric when their wrists are on the laptop. I personally, I I do prefer metal. Just, yeah, just you mentioned, I like, I do prefer the smooth metal texture. It's easy to clean and I just prefer it in general, like over, over cloth texture. Uh, but yeah, like it, it's interesting that I, I think I feel like Apple, not Apple, uh, Microsoft is still the only one like doing that sort of. Uh, cloth stuff. Like I don't think anybody else, uh, any other, anybody else makes laptops that use that kind of material. Like with the, on the outside, I mean. Like yeah. oh, also, I think you're mentioning thermals earlier. So the Windows Central article does have thermal tests. It is, um, it never gets hot hotter than a hundred than thirty nine degrees Celsius on the keyboard on the top. The bottom can get as warm as forty three degrees Celsius. Yeah, I think I think that's. Like as as long as it like doesn't get warm, like if it it's not uncomfortably warm when you put it on your lap, like like that's the thing I'm mostly concerned about with laptops these days is like if it gets too warm when it's on your lap, like that's bad. Uh, forty six seems like it would be fine, like forty ish degrees, like uh, it's a little bit warm, but like uh, you would probably be able to feel it, but it wouldn't be uncomfortable. I, I mean, mean that's like doing a stress test, right? That's like yeah. peak temperatures while doing yeah. a stress mm-hmm. test. Okay, okay, sure, yeah, but people are not gonna. The stress test like that, I don't think. Uh, so yeah, it seems fine. Like pricing wise, I, I, I still think like they should up, they should up the base RAM. I'll, like I still think, like I know you just uh, sort of disagree that the eight gig base uh, is fine, but I, I like I, I, I think eight gigs is getting a little, little too low with current browser workloads. Uh, like I, I don't think it's unusual for me to say that. I, like it's not unusual for people to people who don't know anything about technology to use browsers in a way that use a lot of RAM. Like I know browsers have uh, sort of mitigated these things. Like they, like example, like Chrome unloads tabs out of RAM, right? When when they're not being like if if you have a tab loaded for a long time, you don't focus on it, it'll get unloaded from RAM, right? To to uh, like it'll get cached on disk or whatever, and would next time you. Uh, open that uh, like tab. It will it will load from disk, right? Like it won't load from RAM. Like it's it, like it's done, but like browsers still use significant amounts of like upwards of three, four, five gigs, and that's like that's like not even doing it. Like not even a lot of tabs will will cause like uh, a browser to use quite a bit of RAM, right? Like, so I feel like eight gigs is a little bit low for current browser workloads. Uh, so I mean. I, 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 so if I was, if someone came to me and said, Hey, I want to buy the service laptop for, I would say you should probably get one of 16 gigs of RAM. You can afford it. I'll put that caveat there. But I think for the base model, 
and specifically for the fact of um because i'm you know windows swap file works this way um it's been a while since i've used windows but i know that mac os swap and windows swap is very similar right we're just writing to disk and reading from disk the fact of that this is um pci gen 3 um ssds right so it's not you know the latest gen 4 but gen 3 is still fast enough where yes it is faster especially because lp ddr4x ram to have more things stored in physical ram but it is fast enough that compared to those emmc models having something swapped back in and out of ram is not as noticeable right i imagine if anything it's like a half second right you just kind of notice like a, a quick second of, of of chug before it comes back in versus say you know oh you're getting that when that spinny wheel windows is not responding oh my god time to get arch linux on this <laughs> you know like you're 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 noticing a lot less so for that reason i think it's fine to have eight gigs i just think there's i don't know if current ram prices i don't know if you can get or if anyone's gonna want gonna be willing to make a base model with 16 gigs i know there's no no company does that there's no computers outcome base gigs that aren't like those gamer laptops right that are more than a thousand dollars anyways yeah yeah that's yeah that's uh, that's that's fair i suppose yeah uh so the these ones don't have any uh any anything any lte or or such models there's only there's no lte skew uh, there's no like mobile like data skew so there's that. If anybody, I don't know. I, there is a niche. Well, I for mean, that. Y- y'all got phones, right? Y'all got phones. Uh, this as and you care about display is there's no HDR or WCG or whatever that's called. Yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, so I love the aspect ratio on these. I the fact that Microsoft still doesn't support Dolby Vision. Um, they technically do Dolby Atmos on the speakers, which is weird. But no Dolby Vision, no HDR10. I mean. Who knows if it's a panel problem or if it's just Windows having shit support at it at this point, right? Uh, probably a bit of both. Yeah, uh, probably a bit of both. Um, but I would imagine it's mostly about Windows not really doing that stuff well. So it is a 3 by 2 aspect ratio screen, by the way. This is the weird resolutions on these, like 2256 by 1504 on the 13-inch and like 2496 by 1664 on the 15-inch. These are like weird resolutions. I mean, it's good for good for productivity, terrible for gaming. Yeah, that's fine. And these are not made for gaming anyway, so whatever. Like two, 201 PPI on both of them, so it's fine. You can get some thick black bars on xCloud on this when you're playing games on there. So that is that is I, I'm I'm glad to see AMD Ryzen chips becoming more commonplace. Uh, more and more more and more laptops seem to be putting AMD Ryzen chips in them, which is good f- for everybody. I think because it forces Intel to actually make good chips. Uh, uh, maybe hopefully hopefully Intel go like Intel improves the chip design, improves better, makes better chips because that would be good for everyone as well. So AMD kind of making their way into the into the sort of consumer laptop market is good like and uh and it's it's good to see like there being another option uh being competitive in this market so you know yeah definitely i mean honestly too i'm just happy to see a service that has a base model that doesn't make me you know walk away and disgust yeah no no that's 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 the biggest thing i think is the takeaway from this is the, the base model is actually like like actually decent. Like it's not there's there's not too many caveats. Like even the RAM caveat is just really like like if you're really struggling for RAM, you should probably spend spend like the additional like two hundred dollars or so because like that's that's fine. But like otherwise, the base model is pretty good. Uh, so that there's the Surface Laptop Four. It's it's all right. There were some other Surface stuff like uh, the headphones, you know, Surface headphones to Microsoft Teams edition. 
it has a dedicated teams button on it and, you know it's team certified that's disgusting i you i don't know what's more gross a headphone that says discord certified or a headphone that says team certified because in theory in theory if it's just wired audio these are open standards why the hell does this microphone need to be certified if it is just a usb interface or if it is just an audio like a 3.5 millimeter headphone jack thing yeah i mean that's just branding right that's it's not really like that's all, it's all these things are just about mostly about just branding uh, brand synergy, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, so there, that's, that's the, that's the Microsoft. It's sort of a, so, sort of a subdued launch. I, I know, I feel like, as I said, this, this didn't get as much attention. Uh, it sort of went by because of the Apple event, which we are going to talk about next. Uh, let's, let's get started. We, as uh, I'm going to, we're going to mention that we're not going to mention all of these things that happened in the, in the, in the, in the video that they did, uh, the, the press release, whatever you want to call it, keynote. I don't think it's a keynote, but it's, it's just a video. Uh, we're not going to talk about everything because a lot of the stuff is not particularly interesting or not really worth talking about. Like we're not like we're not going to talk about Apple Card, for example. Uh, not really. This is not the kind of podcast for that. Uh, or we're not going to talk about the Apple TV because just as said, uh, just doesn't. Well, I have, I have one sentence to say about the Apple TV, right? I can, I can end it in like a paragraph. So, no, not finally. Basically, the Apple TV is like overpriced. Um, the remote is cool. It's glad they're doing that. I'm buying one, not because I think this product is necessarily good, but for the fact of A, I want a home hub. B, um, I currently, in our, in our living room here, we have a Roku. And that thing is, let me actually open the Aero app and see how many ad requests has been blocked this month on it. Um, because Eero lets you do ad blocking. So the Roku has been about this week, five thousand, fifty thousand. Sorry, fifty thousand some odd requests. Um, in the past month, two hundred and thirty nine thousand. Oh, sorry, three hundred thousand, three hundred ish thousand um ad block requests. And I, even though they're being blocked, I don't want that on my network. So I'm literally just buying this Apple TV to get the Roku off my network. Um, it's really though, you should be fine if you're not me. Well, actually. Most people who are listening are probably more like me and actually don't want something that, with that many ad requests on their network. So actually, no, you should be like me. Uh, but uh, maybe I'll get the Apple TV. Maybe I'll get the Chromecast. Um, but yeah, that's it. Or mess with Google TV. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So let's, let's talk about our favorite topic, which is content distribution. That <laughs> um, uh, Apple Podcasts. Uh, how exciting. And it's actually not exciting. It's just actually very annoying. Uh, so Apple podcast launch, there was a product launch, I guess, uh, of uh, in-app subscriptions, right? For, for podcasts in Apple podcasts. So this is the Spotify model or whatever, like proprietary podcast model. I, I hesitate to even call these podcasts. They're just radio shows, um, because they're proprietary. They don't have an RSS feed. Um, okay. Like if, if it doesn't have an RSS feed, it's not a podcast. That's, that's all I'm going to say. Uh, but. That aside, these are, uh, like, this is essentially like you put up, uh, you can have premium podcasts essentially, like you can subscribe, you can pay, uh, I think it's $10. Is it $10 is the thing that they're? So, you know, okay. So the, how it works is I can set a price, right? Say, for example, I want to do Shades of Brown premium where instead of us talking like this, me and Sag use alternate episodes where we're just doing ASMR the entire time. I can set whatever price I want. Apple takes 30% cut of it. If you subscribe for more than a year, it drops down to 15%, just like the regular app store. And it's 25 CAD to sign up for that program and 19 um, 99 US. 
So, and it's just like a yearly subscription that we pay to do it. And as well, how it also works is there's two ways you can get episodes into it. Um, I would have documentation linked on how the new RSS extensions work, but the Podcast Connect website refuses to load for me right now, so I apologize. I always have to describe this rather than actually give you all links to it. But basically, you can have either um, special episodes in the feed that are, I believe, matches like a unique identifier, and you have to, you basically just put it into the Connect dashboard, and when the if someone who's been known as paying, they get served the alternative episode instead of the one in the feed. But you can also do it where you upload podcasts to Apple um, Apple Podcasts directly, and then there's no feed, right? It's just basically like it's all done internally through the Apple Podcast dashboard. And with that, they also have to be WAV files or FLAC because it looks like the processing is done on Apple's end. But the problem is FLAC and well, I know WAV doesn't support it. I'm not sure if FLAC supports like chapter markers and all that stuff. So like I... I haven't signed up for it yet because I can't get the dashboard to load. So I can't tell you all for sure if I can set chapters in a, um, you know, like in a specific episode in the in the dashboard itself. But it's weird that they're doing it that way. And the reason they are encoding it is for DRM, of course, right? You're uploading a WAV file because it's going to get processed and then, you know, a, a lossy file with DRM generated. So that's why you have to upload a super high quality source file. And with that, though, there's so that's fine i think that's okay you can either choose to engage with it or not like you know let people get more people to monetize their content i'm cool with that i think you know if you don't want to do that you could still go to patreon right and do a patreon and you could still put in those patreon specific you know paid rss feeds those will still work in apple Podcasts. so it doesn't break the existing market so i'm fine with this existing the problem is in and i think this is where we're talking about thinking about content distribution they made changes to the itunes api Specifically, any podcast app you use, any even if you use like fucking um, Fosbro Podcaster app, only available on like I don't know some random Arch repo, <laughs> like they most likely scrape the iTunes API for their database. If it's iTunes API, you can there are um, functions in it to basically put in a podcast search query and get feeds back, right? So you can basically just build your own search without having to actually get a database to search. And that's how all apps outside of, say, like Pocket Casts and Spotify do it, uh, and or Stitcher as well. But with that, they basically had changed it where now you can opt yourself out of being searchable in the iTunes database, specifically your feed being exposed in the iTunes database, which on the surface, I don't think that's a terrible option to give people. But there's two things. One, the checkbox is basically, do you want to make your podcast public? That does not that the fact that that means non showable in the iTunes API that text is not well written and on top of that, that is yeah. There's I I think this whole launch is a bit like it's bunk. It's just a mess. Like the Podcast Connect website is broken. Uh, there is no like I there it's like unfinished. Like it's like a variable name showing up in in in, in place of actual actual UI text. And like it's it, it doesn't like it doesn't still still doesn't load for me. I, and I signed up a while ago, like and like it's weirdly broken. And like some things don't work in there. And sometimes you can't log in. Sometimes it's broken. Like it's just it just it just fucked. And it's like by default you turn on like by why would they change the API? De- like what? Like okay, this is this is my biggest problem with this. Like why? Okay, so you added this option. And you should have made it so that any podcast that is already in the database as as the as of the time of you add this API change, 
it shouldn't change the existing setting from whatever it was, right? Like it shouldn't have it shouldn't have set them to no because by default, there, this option didn't exist before. So every podcast that you added to the uh, iTunes directory was public, right? So why would you when you added this option? Why would you set the defaults to be no? Like, why would you change that for? Well, the thing is, we don't know if it's a default because they've, of course, they've got no visibility on it. So I could say for sure when I was able to load Podcast Connect, I still have all the Stipes radio shows in my podcast account, right? Every single one had this option turned off. So I, I don't, I think Shades of Brown is fine. It's on, I'm pretty sure it's on Static's um, Apple account. It's not on mine. So I can't check, but he's not able to load into it. So we don't know right now because I did a search for it earlier in the Apple Podcast app and it shows up and it's also showing up in Overcast. So I think it's turned on, but who knows? This is the problem. We don't know. We weren't notified about this. Yeah. It's who knows? Who knows? No, but no visibility. There is no visibility and good, like, I think the only way to get any sort of help is to open a ticket with, with iTunes Connect, right? On the iTunes Connect dashboard and see if that gets you anywhere. Like, which I am, which if I can log into the podcast connect app, uh, by Monday, I'm probably going to open a ticket with iTunes Connect because, like, I, I don't know what's going on. Like, I, I want to at least have that be sorted and have that be in my account so I can look at it and make, make, make sure it's set properly, right? Like, I, I don't know. Uh, that is everything about this is, is a whole mess. Like they just announced this out of nowhere, uh, and make these changes. And all of a sudden everybody's freaking out. Every, every, everybody who has a podcast is just like, wait, 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 what? Like it's just. Oh, so I, I think I should, I don't think we stated exactly why the big problem is, right? The problem is, right? If that box is not checked, you sort of state shades of brown. You don't get anything in a third party podcast app, right? You don't get anything outside of Apple Podcasts. So if it's if it's unchecked, you will not be able to find the show unless you directly put in the feed. So yeah, so the thing is because the feed URL will be missing from the from the search like the search results, right? Like the the, the entry will not have a feed URL uh, metadata, right? Like entry or whatever, right? Like so so when when the search API returns the podcast, it will not have the feed URL, which means that your app will not be able to subscribe to it, right? Like your app, your app will be like, wait, there's no feed URL. We can't, I can't do anything with this. Uh, so it breaks, breaks apps, it breaks podcast apps, right? I'm sure, I'm sure every podcast app developer is very, very happy right now. Like they're, they're, they're absolutely like, I know, I know overcast. It relies on the, obviously it relies on the iTunes API. I know like stuff like Castro, right? Like those, those things also. I, I don't even pod- imagine the Android ones too, right? Yeah. Pocket cast, like, what is it? G Potter is it? Or whatever it's called. G Potter. Uh, yeah. G Potter, which uh, I know, I think the Android ones have two directories that they use. I think G Potter and maybe the iTunes one. I don't know. I'm not sure. I don't use Android. So if anybody, anybody uses Android and let's, let us know what, what directories or they, do they use the directories at all or whatever? Just let us know. Uh, but yeah, like it's, it's a mess. Like a lot of people, obviously, if you have a podcast, you have it on, you have it submitted to Apple because, because Apple podcast directory is the biggest one in the world. Like there's, there's no equivalent to it. Uh, like it is just, it is, if you have a podcast that is public, you will have it on, on the, on the Apple podcast directory. That's just how that works. Uh, so it is, it is a mess for everybody. And it's, it's, it's frustrating because there's no communication from Apple about this. No, not even press release, no documentation, like, uh, no visibility. Well, I mean, it might be documentation. If we just, I just can't get it to load. <laughs> it keeps looping when I go to the website. Uh, this is, this is how YouTubers feel, basically. They were talking about this before the show began. Uh, we, we exactly like, this is how it feels to be a YouTube, whatever you're getting the rug pulled out from under your feet. Yeah, exactly. 
Yeah, this is just exactly like I feel like this is the exact situation where you have a, a like a big company just like do shit without telling you, and then all of a sudden stuff is broken out of nowhere, and you can't you don't know what's going on, and you don't know how to fix it. You just there's not enough docs or available help to get that sorted. So it's just it's just a mess. So that's 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 a that's not a great start uh, for Apple uh, for at least on that front. Like uh, they messed that up. I think they need to fix that. Uh, we will see what happens. Uh, we see if some of this is going to get sorted out because there's going to be enough like uh, people being annoyed at this that I think Apple might have to fix this sooner than rather than later because you know podcasts they seem to be focused on podcasts a lot again. After a long time of ignoring the podcast database, like they, they have been negligent for a long time, which was fine in, in a way because negligent means they weren't messing it up. So, um, so here we are. Let's talk about other, other, the, what are the other stuff? I think the thing when we talk about is the air tags. Yeah. Air tags are, it finally happened. Like everybody, this has been rumored for years now, right? Like it's been sort of circulating as, a, as, a, as an Apple thing that's going to happen anytime, right? right? Like everybody's been speculating ever since they put the, the, U, the ultra wideband stuff in the phones, right? Like people have been speculating, like, where is the, where is the thing that sort of makes use of the ultra wideband, right? Like where is the, where is the, where is the sort of tile equivalent, like uh, tracking uh, uh, thing? So here it is. Uh, it, it is the AirTags. It's a small circular little, little thing, uh, size of a coin. It's a little bit bigger than a coin, but like it's it's about the size of a, a dollar, a two dollar coin here. Uh, it it comes it comes in one color, just just the white. Uh, it comes with and let's get this right. It comes with a user serviceable battery, uh, a standard. I forgot the exact model. CR twenty thirty two. Yes, yeah, CR twenty two battery, which is which is like a little it's a little Panasonic battery in there. You can just open it up. Pop it out and put one another one back in. So it's it is pretty un Apple like to see a product that has a user serviceable battery in 2021. But there, here we are. Um, and also, I think this these things come in. Uh, the the biggest weird thing is like the, the it's the base price of thirty nine dollars, but there's like also the Hermes Hermes Hermes. Uh, Hermes uh, model is obviously cost like $500. Uh, because why not? Because of course it does. Like it's, it's, it's obviously like that's, that's the kind of thing with the brand synergy we're going for. Uh, so how do these work? Uh, they use the Find My Network, which was a thing that they make a, uh, they've been making a big deal of this year with this and they have been sort of wrapping it up, right? Slowly, right? Like the Find My stuff has been like wrapping up like everything. Every device can, every iOS device can be on the Find My Network, even and Macs can also be on the Find My Network, right? And these things are also obviously on the Find My Network, and that means that, like, it can be tracked using the Find My app, right? Uh, so there's that's that. And and by, what we I mean by the Find My Network, I think it's important to just explain that for a moment. It's basically if you and this is if you find my on for your phone, this is also turned on the participation in it, but basically it's where. There's Bluetooth flow energy um, sort of signals that are emitted from the device. A phone picks it up, and then there's um, it's all unencrypted, right? So no one can really see it how it gets traveled through the network. But it basically bounces back to your phone, giving you the location based off of what the phone that caught this original Bluetooth flow energy signal reported it as, right? And it bounces it back to you, so you can't ever see the location of that device, but or of that phone that gave it to you, but. 
you can see the location of your device as that phone's reporting it back to your phone doing all some sort of black magic uh, math. Well, I mean, it's math. It's not black magic. It's all math. But you can, but so you can turn off. Actually, I'm checking my phone right now. No, it's not. It's math. Yeah. You can actually have find my iPhone off, but also turn off find my network. So if you want to, right, if you don't want to participate in this, you do have the ability to turn off the find my network and just keep the, you know, triangulating location of your phone on if you, if you choose to. Yeah, like I, I'm, I'm seeing like my my devices on this. Like I'm seeing the my iPhone on it, my Apple Watch on it, uh, my iPad Air and the, the MacBook Air on it, the AirPods AirPods Pro as well, right? Like I, I do see, and I do see other devices that are nearby, like in my network, my my family's uh, like their iPhones and stuff. I think you can see them. So like, so yeah, so that, that's that's how the Find My Network works. Uh, that that's. And these things also like integrate with the, the ultra wideband uh, chip I mentioned, right? Um, that means that when you're near it, right, like when you're within a certain distance of it, the ultra wideband sensor can can detect the direction and proximity, right? That's is that's all it detects, right? Like the direction of it, like in which direction it is in, because of and how. F- also, how close you are to it as well. So it'll tell you how many feet or in whatever weird unit of measurement y'all use over there you are from it. So it'll tell you basically how far away you are from it, what direction it's in, and also if it's higher or below you, right? So it gives you basically full spatial awareness of this item. Um, and uh, like this is one of the other thing is like. Apple designed this system with, and now you're going to be wondering, like, wait, if this can be used to track, like, devices like this, can, can like this AirTag, can you just put it on somebody, some a person, and and track them? And it turns out, no. Uh, it turns out Apple thought of that, and, and Apple designed it in a way. So, how did Apple design it? Uh, can you like, can you like, give the gist of like? Yeah, so there's a couple of um, anti-creep features, I guess, is what it better be called. So, for example, if an AirTag is away from its owner for three days, it chirps. It'll start beeping every periodically to indicate that, hey, there's an air tag nearby. And as well, say, for example, me and you are on a train. Um, I'm putting an air tag in your bag because I'm just trying to slide into them some things. I don't know. Uh, but like, I put my air tag in your bag. Ooh, that's, is that the title? <laughs> that's bad. That's, that's bad. <laughs> but basically, it's in the bag there. And I leave the train. If, if the owner is not detected nearby, right, within Bluetooth range, you're going to get a notification saying, hey, there's an air tag nearby you, right? And you can either ignore that for reasons of, um, and it's actually disabled for family units. So say, for example, you gave your sister your backpack and she's on your family account, right? Or family share. Basically, it's going to not notify her about that because you're in the family share. And I mean, while yes, in theory, you know, that, is, that may be problematic. If you, if you already have her on Find My, you could just be tracking the location of her phone anyways, right? So, you know, so I mean, it's the assumption there is, well, if that person didn't want to share the location, they would not be opting into being in the find my part of family share, right? Which you can't opt out of, right? Like your sister can turn it off where no one else in the family share can see her location. And so assuming that you and her have a location shared, you give her your backpack, it's not going to notify her because, you know, it assumes that, hey, the tracking's already turned on for both y'all. But you get a couple of other features, though, where you can disable the AirTag in two ways. One is via the Find My app, or of course you pop out the battery. But the other one is, and this works with any NFC device. It does not have to be an iPhone. Android phones of NFC also works. You basically tap it against the reader. It'll open a Safari page, or sorry, Chrome on Android. Open a web page with the information. So if the, if the owner put, gave like lost mode information, like a way to contact them there, and also the ability to, you know, d- disable that AirTag. Yeah, 
Yeah. So, so it, it, it'll just pop up like a, yeah, just like a URL, right? And that, that's like, it has like a phone number and, and some information on it. Right. So, which, which is, which is fine. Uh, like these are meant to like Apple, Apple has been pretty clear that these are meant to be track, track like things, not people. Uh, obviously they, they want to be very careful with how they implement this technology, right? They don't want to make this a vector for stalking or, or that kind of behavior, right? Like obviously they, they, they've been very thoughtful about that. Uh, like the way they, way they all, all of the privacy features that you mentioned, like, the way they're designed, they're like really optimized for finding devices and not people. Uh, so there's, there is that. Well, also too, Bluetooth low energy doesn't pull enough for you to track a person effectively, right? You can't get real time location off of bouncing Bluetooth low energy off of it to someone else's iPhone. Like that's, I mean, why you shouldn't be tracking people? That's creepy. It's not, this is not going to be real time location, right? It's periodical updates of, you know, last known locations and stuff like that. Exactly. 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 Uh, so, uh, the, the, so we talk about the price. It was what 30, 30, 29 USD and 39 here, uh, for one air tag. Uh, and if you want to buy a pack of four, that is 99 US dollars. But the thing is, it's just the air tag. It doesn't come with the, any of the keychain or, or the holder accessories. Those are separate. So. As always with Apple, accessories are where they get you, right? Like the the AirTag is decently priced, but like the but the accessories accessories are where where the cost comes in, really. Um, so I did order one of these, but it's not going to be here till like May, late middle middle May or late May. So I can't really like talk about how it works uh, in real. Uh, like I know there are reviews out there. The Verge Verge did a review of it, so. You know, uh, the Verge video actually is pretty good. I think we should like put a link to that one. Like, I think the way theater and and, and the, the sort of tested the way that this works, it's it's a pretty good demonstration of how this is supposed to work. Uh, but yeah, I, I think this is like a like I I think this is actually a pretty good device. Like for what it does, like for all the stuff that it does, seems to do it does do it like reasonably like pretty good. And it also has like some. Thoughtful privacy-oriented fe- uh, uh, features built into it, and it works. Uh, and the battery is replaceable. So, and if you want to like disable an AirTag, the second method is you just pop out the battery. Uh, you could just just. Do Who would have thought? Who would have thought cutting power is an efficient way to turn off a device? <laughs> yeah, ch- ch- turns out, turns out you could just 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 fucking uh, just just pop the battery, which is pretty incredible. And like, it's it's interesting because. Uh, competitors like the tile devices like don't actually have removable batteries. They use like a proprietary battery, which is which makes Apple better in this one for some, and it's better for repairability, right? Like you can just order uh, like a battery like from anywhere. Like these, these batteries, like you can buy these in bulk. Uh, so you could just yeah, like the, these these would only be e waste if you like shattered it, right? Like if you somehow like smashed it and it broke entirely. But then at that point, you know, what what can you do about it anyways? It's not that's not even something that's repairable to begin with, right? If it was completely, you know, like smashed or something. So yeah, I'm 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 pretty happy that this is not a contributor to e waste. Well, unless you're like me who bought a four pack and I kinda don't know what I'm gonna do with them. But that's a different problem. Mm, yeah, I just that's why I bought just the one. Just that's why I just bought the one. But uh, and also like the speaker, like you meant, uh, I know you mentioned it makes it makes a noise. The speaker is actually just the the metal of the device. There is no actual other speaker in it. Like the metal vibrates to make 
the make the noise. So there is no like diff- separate speaker in there. It's it's actually a pretty compact device. I, there wouldn't be any space to put another speaker in there. So it's just a device uh, like vibrating and making the noise. So that's that's pretty cool. Uh, Air tags, uh, that's that's fine. Um, uh, and let's talk about the, the sort of the bigger announcements. And this, uh, this one is probably the biggest one of, uh, of the announcement that they made, um, is the, is the app new iMac. This is the new M1 based, uh, iMac. Uh, how big is this? The screen is this a 20, 24 four, inches. Okay. 24 inch model, right? I know because there's multiple iMac sizes, right? Like there's 24 and then there's the 27 inch, right? The 27 inch is still, still going to be Intel for now. Uh, but this one is, is, is 24 inches. Uh, it comes in seven colors, which are all like, I really like that they are adding color back into the lineup you know i i think that's really cool i really like the blue and the purple ones like i'm I'm a big fan uh all of these have the same m1 chip that's in the m1 macbook air and in the m1 mac mini uh, uh it's the same same chip uh it's it comes with the uh processor core differentiation right no the gpu core differentiation right as you as with the m1 on the on the macbook airs right you have the seven core gpu model and the eight core gpu model right um so there's that uh so what what do you think about this overall like i think this is pretty good like the power supply is external and i know some people are bothered by the fact that the power supply is external and it connects by this proprietary magnet mac safe like design like i i'm i think that's pretty good i don't think that's a problem i think with with this machine it's this is a it's the the m1's kind of i think breaking our brains a little bit on how we think about processors because it's in theory a desktop computer should be using a faster processor but at the same time and as you'll talk about later for your own hands-on experience i think you know it's it we have this conception that bigger computers need more power to be faster but if you have a processor that's fast enough for all the things consumers use, because these are not professional grade computers, right? It's still not at the point where you'd want to edit video or do like logic projects or anything like that on it. But for like consumer class devices, something that's scaled from an iPad all the way up to this 24 inch computer is actually just fast enough for whatever most people are doing, be it at Chrome, websites, Discord, you know, all of that. Like there's not a problem at all with that whole using the same part for that whole range. And that's just not how we think about it, right? Like, no one's ever been like, a Pentium Gold's good enough for a laptop, <laughs> for a desktop, for a NUC, for a tablet. Like, that's not how that works. No, there's, like, that's the whole thing. Like, Intel has so many fucking SKUs for all sorts of different machines, right? Like, and it gets so confusing that you don't know what processor you're buying because there's, like, a billion Intel SKUs or AMD SKUs or whatever, like... So many different processors for different kind of devices, different power TD, different power level, power usage, thermals, and etc. Now Apple is just like, no, uh, we're just gonna put in put the M1 in the iMac. We're gonna put the M1 in the fucking uh, Air, MacBook Air. We're gonna put a M1 in the Mac in the Mini. We're gonna put a, a M1 in the iPad Pro, which we're gonna talk about a little bit. But like, it's just M1 everywhere. Like they're just just like fuck with. Fuck your processor SKUs. I'm, we're just going to put M1s uh, in all these consumer devices because why the fuck not? Like the, this device, this processor can handle all of these. Like this processor is good 
so good that that it can like scale from all like these these all of these kind of different workflows and different sort of power class and uh, like size of devices just fine like it, 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 it's not going to be worse on the mac mini or it's not going to be worse on the macbook air because the processor is it's just like really good at all of these you know it's like another weird side effect of that too i imagine once they fully roll out like you know switch to all silicon ones I have a feeling software stability will probably just start going up, right? If you only have like what two Mac processors, right? Be it a consumer grade one and, and like maybe like one or two for the iMac and the, the bigger iMac and a Mac Pro or MacBook Pro, like that might just be so much simpler when it comes to building the OS, right? Because who fucking cares? You build it for the two SKUs and that's it. So it's just it's way less to test on. Means you could probably get away with a lot more optimization stuff, and that's just like. I was always under the assumption that the that scaling phone style architectures to desktop computers wouldn't just work because of the fact of that phones are like single application devices. No, it turns out to that to that you can't build to that you can't like Apple has been iterating on their processor design in such a way that that is no longer a problem. Uh, so I am I'm super excited to see what what, what uh, like what the future holds for for this kind of this class of processor. Because this is this is the future of computing, whether you like it or not. Uh, so the, let's talk about a little bit of the hardware here. Like, there's the 4.5K Retina display here, the 24 inch display, right? Uh, it is it is pretty nice. It's a, it's a very nice display. I'm, I'm sure. Uh, like, obviously, I can't tell without actually using it. But I mean, know, it's I, an Apple display, so it, you get good it, HDR, it, it, Dolby it, it, Vision, all that good shit. You know, yeah, True Tone. Uh, you know, stuff like that. There is a 1080p webcam on it, which is also actually uses the M1's onboard uh, ISP and neural engine to process Im- uh, process video or image data, uh, which means that you get a better if you use like FaceTime or like uh, even like. Some other apps, I think it'll it'll like. Well, no, it's, 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 it does it. It does it not in user space. It does it like at a driver level, right? So anything that requests the input, right, camera input, will be processed through it. Oh, okay, sure, sure, that's pretty good. Uh, there is a speaker system. A six. They were they they were pretty proud of the speaker system. Uh, I feel like <laughs> they were like really hyping it up. Uh, it has uh, six speakers on the bottom bezel, uh, the bottom chin, as it's called on the on the on the iMac. Uh, and it has like support for spatial audio. Uh, Hell which, yeah, which is pretty cool. <laughs> and from a connectivity and ports uh, standpoint, uh, so four USB C ports depends on the two, model. Some have two. Uh, so the okay, there are two two different SKUs here. The base model SKU, which uh, which has eight gigs of RAM and two, uh, like starts at two fifty six gigabytes SSD, uh, comes with two Thunderbolt ports, right and one, uh, two Thunderbolt boards and one of them, uh, so if you have four of them, then two of them are Thunderbolt, right? Like is, is, is there Thunderbolt on the base model as well? Are the two on the, on the? Yeah, the two, U, the two USB-C ports on the base model are Thunderbolt 4. Uh, okay. So you, you get Thunderbolt uh, in either model. So th- on, on, on the, on the bigger one, on the more, slightly more expensive one, the, it has the two Thunderbolt ports and t- like two USB-3 uh, ports, right? Basically, right? Two USB C and then three ports, right? Two USB, two as oh god, I hate the USB IF so much. Uh, two <laughs> USB C, three ports. Okay, that's that's god, that's bad. Uh, yeah, so there, that's that's the connectivity, and also on the on the higher end SKU, you get you get Ethernet. But this is the funniest thing to me, actually. This is actually like I, when I saw that, I actually just laughed. Uh, they put the Ethernet port on the power brick. 
put it on the power fucking power brick, bro. Like they just put it on the power brick. Like fuck you. If you want Ethernet, you can just. That's gonna be really awkward for wiring purposes. I'm just. Uh, Yo, no, I just realized why they did it. This computer's too thick for an Ethernet port. Too thin, you mean? Like too, thin, too thin, yeah, yeah, too yeah. thin. Sorry, yeah, too thin for the Ethernet port. No, I, I know, I know that. Yeah, like so, it is very, very thin. Like the side profile, if you look at a picture of it, like it's like there is no, there's not enough depth there to have a full size Ethernet port, right? Like a it's marginally like, thicker than an Apple Watch for context. Yeah, it's it's quite like it's ridiculous actually. Like it's kind of absurd. Uh, so yeah, like the Ethernet. If you want Ethernet, you want you can actually buy the power adapter with Ethernet separately. Uh, I've learned that uh, on the, from the Vergecast that you can actually buy the power brick with the Ethernet. So if you buy the base model and like you still want the Ethernet, like you can you can buy the power brick with the Ethernet separately if you really if you really need that, right? But yeah, the, the, the Ethernet is on the uh, on uh, on on the power brick, which means that that cable that connects to the does not only just carry power. But it carries data, so it's 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 a dual use uh, cable. It's it's interesting. Uh, so that there is there is that. Uh, what else is there? Like like uh, like there's the keyboards that come with it. They have Touch ID on them, right? Uh, do the keyboards come with the device? I think they do, right? Yes. So yeah. So if you buy the more expensive one with four ports, it comes with the Touch ID keyboard. The base model does not. Okay. Okay. Uh, that's a weird differentiator, but sure. Uh, so you have the I guess this is, and the pricing wise, let's just, just, just end with that, I guess, is the four colors, um, starting at 1299 USD. Uh, second model with, with the seven colors is 1500. It's just, uh, it's, it's 499, but you know, that's just 1500, right? 1300 and 1500, right? So $200 differences between, between the, uh, the base skew and the higher end skew. Uh, I I really like the design of these. Like from a, like a physical design perspective, I'm a huge fan of the way these are. Like the rounded edges, the the sort of belt, the corners, like the way the like how way the way the computer like sort of moves. Like you, how you move the screen, and I I even like the chin, and and I think the chin is useful because that's where I mean, first of all, that's where the that's where the processor is. By the way, there's, there's the logic board is all just just there. There's like two fans, right? And, and like logic board, like right there, uh, with the M1 and stuff in it. So, uh, I, I think these are gonna sell like fucking bonkers, bro. Like these are gonna be incredibly, like I have a feeling these are gonna be extremely popular, uh, because a lot of people, it turns out I'm actually like pretty popular, right? Like among the sort of the, in a desktop sort of computer, consumer class grade computers, like I, I'm actually pretty popular, uh, if you wanted like a desktop Mac, right? Like, People are not uh, Mac Pros are not not like the not like the biggest like seller from a quantity perspective, right? Like uh, because they're so expensive. Also, too, that base model is sensible. I mean, yes, it doesn't have Ethernet, but let's be real. Let's be real. If you if you want Ethernet on a computer, you're not buying a base model iMac, right? Like even P's, you're probably the kind of person who want more RAM or anything to begin with. And outside of that, like it keeps performance. Like it's yes, one core less than the GPU, but I mean who. Once again, no one. You're not. You're not playing games on your on general on your Mac. But you're not playing. You're not playing Overwatch on the iMac. Right? No, no. Uh, but yeah, I, th- I think uh, I think like it's it's uh, it's it's a pretty good machine. Like I am, 
I'm really curious to see when these come out and like uh, like the reviews start coming in for these. Like I'm I'm just extremely like curious to have see how this this works and how these like hardware wise how they feel. Uh, because I like I was just like man, if I was like not it's so invested in in sort of the desktop Windows ecosystem at this point, like seriously invested at this point, like it's uh like i would like if i was if i was like if i was gonna like sell my fucking i i, I could just sell my 2080 ti and buy one of these for sweat no no sorry you could sell your 2080 ti and buy the most maxed out one with two terabytes of storage you know <laughs> 16 yeah, just buy, buy, everything just, sell, just 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 like sell like i'll sell my pc sell the gpu i just buy a fucking uh iMac. you know watch yeah like uh sure and i'll just buy a like Xbox uh, Series uh, Series X for my gaming, you know. I mean, you got fiber, bro. It's just fucking just GeForce now and macOS. It's pretty good. Fuck, fuck, <laughs> fuck GeForce now. Um, but yeah, like I, I, I think these are. I am very excited. Like uh, this one, this computer. I was like, damn. Like I was like, it's like both of us have seen a lot of these kind of keynotes, right? We have been watching these tech stuff keynotes for so long, right? Like for like ten plus years. And it's rare for me to actually be excited by like a product that gets announced or launched, right? Like it's so rarely that you see something that's like, holy shit, like this is incredible. Uh, and this is like, as soon as I saw the physical design and the way they're like designing, like where they using the M1 and way they're designing this device, like I, I am like, Super excited for this for this device because uh, the thing about this computer, right? It's that yes, all computers have compromises, right? But when you when you look at this, the compromises make sense for the price points. You know, the lower RAM, well, it's the base model. The lower storage, well, it's the base model. Like, there's nothing on on this that if if someone came and was like, I want to get an iMac, I there's nothing I would say at any price point that would have like compromises. Piece M1 compatibility, as we'll, we'll probably talk about in a moment, is great. Even if you're running Rosetta, you don't notice. And, it, and it's and it's a normal caveat of a Mac, of course, right? Where it's like, yes, you won't be playing Overwatch or blah, blah, blah. But if you're fine with a Mac, like, there's this computer doesn't have anything that I can tell you is a problem. Especially if you're, like, uh, on an older iMac by this point, right? Like, if you have an older iMac, you're, like, looking to upgrade, right? Like, you're looking, looking to uh, upgrade your iMac. And, and this is, like, a fucking no-brainer, bro. Like, Bro, you know the older iMac still came with hard drives, right? The 21-inch iMac started with hard drives, spinning hard drives. So any if anyone has a spinning hard drive iMac, this is immediately an upgrade just for the. It's a huge. That's fucking like a huge upgrade. Like that's not even like a, in the same weight class. Like this thing is just gonna demolish that. Like yeah, it's it's this is like if you're on an older iMac and you're looking to upgrade, like uh, like I feel like it's, this is this is gonna be a no brainer to for an upgrade. I need I need the gamers Nexus thermals test, so I need to know how quiet this thing actually is. <laughs> So that's the uh, that's the M1 iMac. They they're going to be available for pre-order on April 30th, uh, but deliveries are you no know, second half of May, uh, probably probably June. You know, depending on when you order, right, uh, or how the stock levels are for this. Who knows? Uh, but yeah, uh, that that uh, that is a pretty nice device. So let's talk about the last big uh, like hardware announcement. Uh, the iPad Pro got updated with, uh, guess guess what? It got updated with an M1. So uh, now we have M1 across three classes of devices, basically. Uh, it has a M1 chip in it. It has a new mini LED display that is like based on the 
Pro Display XDR, right? Like the the, the, the very expensive Pro Display XDR, by the way. I, it is based on that. Uh, it has Thunderbolt, right? It's the USB-C Thunderbolt, right? Uh, Thunderbolt 4, yep. Uh, and it has... You can get it you can, now. There is a two terabyte model. If you, if you, you know, if you're like Federico and you like, you use it as your. It comes at sixteen gigs of RAM, bro. Oh, okay. This is the weirdest thing, right? Like this is the first time I think Apple has ever mentioned the amount of RAM on 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 an iOS device uh, in 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 their marketing. Like it is weird. Like it, if you get the like one terabyte or two terabyte model, you get sixteen gigs. By the way, and if if you get like the lower like five twelve gigabyte one, I guess like. You, you don't get, you get like eight gigs, uh, which is just like, I, I mean, it's not, I, I feel like doesn't, I've never been concerned about the RAM amounts on iOS devices, but like, it's, this is something that Apple's like really putting, I feel like they're like, look at this. Like, if you are, like, if you want a high end pro iPad, like, this is it. Like, this is, we have the RAM, we have the processor here. Like, the M1 is a workhorse. It has, it's proven itself. It, it's got it's got two ter it's got one terabyte of two terabytes of uh, storage. It's got uh if you it's got connectivity options like you know like you can get it with 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 a five G radio in it because five G is still like a thing that Apple cares about obviously. Well, I mean, no, it makes sense. I think it makes sense for for this iPad, right? I think it makes sense on this to have like super fast connectivity. No, no, I mean, no, it's fine. Yeah, yeah, no, no, that makes sense. I I, I was just like I just find Apple's way of marketing five G very funny. Uh. So 5G isn't it? Um, Wi-Fi 6. I don't know. I'll, like it has better cameras this time on the iPad Pro. I don't know how many people use the iPad Pro for photography uh, photography reasons. Uh, well, I think it's not for photography. I think with these, it's more industrial use, right? Like for say, for example, um, because they do iPads are used in like warehouses and stuff, right, for inventory purposes and the such. So I think having better cameras for like that kind of use or also um, say you're doing some kind of like modeling work, right? Like, please, like an actual, I think an actual valid use case, even though AR is kind of a joke, but I think there is a valid use case, right? Of doing like some CAD work and then also trying to place it in a space, right? If you're in like, um, say like furniture design or something, right? I feel like there are like professional use cases where having good cameras would help, in, you know, for those. Yeah, no, for sure. Like the, there are like AR, even AR related work, you know, stuff like that. Yeah. For sure, like there's like there's a uh, wide and ultra wide cameras. Uh, there's three three cameras on this, right? Uh, two, uh, two on the back, one on the front. Okay. Uh, the biggest thing I think, other than the M1 chip in this, which is obviously a big deal, but also the display in this is the big deal, right? Like they were really, really talking about the display in a way that's like, look at this fucking mini LED. We got two thousand five hundred ninety six local dimming zones. Does anybody even know what a local dimming zone is? Uh, I mean, you probably do. I, I, I mean, I, <laughs> I sort of know what it is, but uh, like, yeah, it, it goes one thousand six hundred nits nits peak brightness, which is is that really good? Like, is that like like what the yeah, if it's sustained? And if, so the thing is, one thousand one thousand nits peak brightness. If that is for a significant portion of the display, then yes, it depends on like what how big the sustained peak brightness is. Because like OLEDs, for example, can't get that. If they get that bright for an OLED, right? It's like in one corner of the display. But if this can be sustained peak brightness for say the entire display, that's fucking amazing. Okay, uh, P3 white color as as all these displays are P3 white color these days. Uh, ProMotion, uh, 120 hertz touch sensing, right? Uh, which is yeah. Uh, 
million to one contrast ratio. Uh, so extreme dynamic range, obviously, you know, like they're really like hyping. Like this is like, this is like if, if you, if you like the pro display XDR, you this, you're the kind of person who will like this kind of, uh, this, this devices. This is so, so we're talking about the hardware, but I think the biggest problem with this device is not the hardware. The hardware is really good. Like it's a fucking incredible hardware. Like this is like, ble- like really on, on some of the best hardware in the market that you can get. Uh, it's the software, right? And that, this is where people have been talking about is like, what's the point of all this cool? Like what's the point of all these mini LEDs? Like what's the point of this M1 if you're going to run iPad OS on this and iPad OS is kind of shit. Uh, that's what everybody's like, uh, like, like, I hope WWDC this year is going to be focused on the iPad because we, like, the iPad, iPad OS really needs some, like, it doesn't feel like a pro, like, it feels like there's a difference in mismatch between the hardware and the software here. Like, the software doesn't quite live up to what the, what the hardware can do, right? Like, it's the iOS is, like, iPad OS is not, not quite there from a sort of a professional operating system perspective. Right. And there's a lot of, a lot of stuff missing that you would have on the Mac, right? Like if you bought, if you bought an iMac or on like a, another one of the M1s, like it's like it has more capabilities just by default uh, out of the box than, than if you bought an M1 chip in, in an iPad Pro, right? Like it's like, what are you spending all this money on an iPad Pro for if you're not going to get that sort of software that you need? Like if you're buying this class of device, you need a certain class of software, right? You, you want Xcode, you want, you want Lightroom, you want, uh, Photoshop, you want like, you know, like, uh, all these high end sort of creative, uh, or, or uh, like work apps, right? Like those, those things are, those are the things you want, right? And those are not quite there. Like these, these are like, it's behind. Like the iPad OS is where, where this device sort of falls apart right now. Like, and it, like, WWDC is coming soon. Is it in June or whatever, right? Like, yeah, it's I, in June. okay, yeah. so, like, it's happening. Like, I sure hope that this year they're going to be focusing on the iPad because I feel like the iPad OS didn't get, uh, didn't get really get mentioned last year. It didn't really get much, uh, in the way of uh, improvements for, for its, uh, like, like workflows and like UI design and stuff. Like, they didn't really get much last year. So I'm hoping this is the year that they, because they're launching also this device, they would be pretty good of them to, you know, be like, hey, now we also updated iPad OS to be, you know, a better pro operating system for, for people who want to really like get into the like sort of pro workflow on a, on an iPad Pro, right? Like, it's just, it's like they need to match up, like match the hardware of the software. Like the hardware is not the problem. Everybody's like, "Oh God, the hardware is so good," but what? what where's the software? But yeah, no, this this computer makes no sense to me, and it's a computer now. I, I'm this this gets this has enough hardware to earn the title of computer. I feel like this is not just a tablet. This is a computer at this point. It has fucking Thunderbolt on it. Like you could you could run 10 gig Ethernet on this iPad with a cable, right? Holy shit! That, that's an idea. That's that's fucking ridiculous. Like, but the thing is, is it? But why? What? Why? Why? Right? Like the thing is, if I I was thinking of telling you, like I joke about it, but, like real talk, right? Like in all seriousness, if I could make a podcast on this, I would have already sold this MacBook and be placing an order. Well, Friday, when you could do it, right? If I'd be able to do the podcast for it, I would sell the MacBook and I would get one of these and and do it. But I can't. We I cannot do this. This is the one pro thing nowadays I do outside of just fucking around with like code and stuff on the weekends, right? You know, like this is like the one workflow. That I do that macOS is great at, iPadOS just cannot do. Even if we didn't use Discord, right? Even if we use a different app, it doesn't matter. It's just that the tools aren't there, software support isn't there, and it's weird because like Apple, y'all make Logic, 
you could in fact put that on the iPad. Yeah, I, I, I like it wouldn't work for me either. Like I, like I use a lot of terminal based stuff, right? Obviously, right? right? A lot of, lot of shells, a lot of like terminal stuff. And terminal stuff just works better uh, on a desktop sort of a class, the desktop machine just for the, just for the sure like flexibility that macOS gives you, right? Like it's just macOS is just better for me to, to be able to do the kind of work that I do on a regular basis, right? Like just whatever work sometimes, you know, I have like, Multitasking is just easier when I'm doing like, you know, I have like five SSH windows open, you know, I got a bunch of tabs. Uh, I, I got, I got some, I got some other like text editor open with some, with some stuff in it. Like that stuff is just easy to manage on a desktop, like the multitasking wise, right? Like it just, that just, just, it's not ready for me either. So I, like, I, I really don't understand. Like, I, I mean, it's working for some people, I'm sure, but not, not a, this very small amount of people. Uh, and like that, they really, if you, if they want this product to actually really, really work for more people, they need to focus on the new software. Um, so I've been, I've been mentioning the uh, M1 MacBook uh, Air a little bit. So uh, let's, let's talk about that. Uh, let's finally, I guess, talk about this because, uh, we, I, not we, I, I got, uh, I got a new MacBook, a new M1 MacBook. Surprisingly, you upgraded the MacBook to the new chip before I did. <laughs> <laughs> I did. I did. Look, look, look. I, I, I'm going to preface this by this is a replacement for my 2015 base model 13 inch MacBook Pro. Okay. And that thing is horrible. Um, I, I, when I, when I, when I dropped it off and did for the trade in, the trade in package, I was like, good riddance. Like, go, go away. Like, it's gone. Like, fuck, fuck that shit's out of my life now. I'm, I'm moving on, you know? Like, that shit, like, I'm not, I'm not even nostalgic for that device. That's, that's how bad that is. Like, I'm not even, like, a little bit nostalgic. I'm just like, fuck that device because, like, I, it was a base model, like, i5 or whatever, and, like, it didn't have enough RAMs. The, it's slow as shit. It gets hot. The Intel chip gets hot. Like, if you do anything remotely, not even, like, I just w- open up a web browser with a couple, couple tabs in it, and it's, like, getting hot and shit. And I'm just like, this is this is bad. So I was just like, okay, look, I think it's time for me to get a laptop that I actually want to use because sometimes I do prefer to like sometimes I actually do prefer to use a laptop. Sometimes I sometimes it's, I know it's a recent sort of phenomenon, but like I, the reason I noticed that the MacBook Air, MacBook Pro was doing it because I was trying to like write something on it, like write a podcast away from my desk, sitting sitting elsewhere, right? You know, I'm trying to chill out a little bit and like. It's just not like I was like, I want to write on my laptop, but this laptop's not actually even good for that anymore, which is like, you know, pretty bad. So, so it got replaced. I did the trade in program thing, pretty smooth, no, no, nothing to complain about, you know. Uh, so I have the M1 MacBook Air. This is not the base model. Uh, I did change it, a, I did, a, did a couple of upgrades. I did the, I, I upgraded the RAM to 16 gigs, uh, and I upgraded the storage to 512 gigabytes. I figured that. I, I, because uh, so much of stuff I do is on the browser. I figure RAM is, is good to have and always with lo- storage. As I always say, having more local storage is, is, is good. Uh, that, that is always gives you a lot of flexibility. Uh, so there is that. So there is the M1 MacBook here. Uh, I'm just going to say this is the first time I have used, uh, like I've enjoyed using a laptop. Like I, I genuinely enjoy using this machine and that's not, it's like, it just feels nice to use. It is uh, obviously the MacBook Air is, is light and thin, right? But also there's things like it doesn't make any noise because there are no fans in it, right? There are no fans. Uh, it doesn't get warm at all. Like I, 
I tried to like, you know, get it, give it a little bit of like, like, you know, I, I opened up a bunch of apps. I opened up, uh, opened up, uh, Firefox and opened a bunch of tabs, you know, like trying to, try to get the thing to a little, get a, give it a little bit, like a little, give me a little bit of struggle, a little bit of like heat. Like, no, it's, it's just like, how, how does it stay in this, uh, like, uh, like not hot? Like, like, how is it like that, that good at dissipating heat? Uh, that's, that's the biggest thing. Uh, and the M1 chip on this, uh, I, I, I don't know how to say this, but like it's it's fast in a way that you don't even realize it's fast. It's like it, it, you click on an app, it just like launches. Like there are there is no not even like any delay. Like you feel like the processor is moving at the speed at which you are moving. Like you click on something, there is no delay. Like any, any anything you do on this is extremely fast, and it's just like. Like it's 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 fast and like at Rosetta, like I, I think the first app that I installed that used Rosetta was like OneDrive. Like OneDrive is not uh, not a native app yet, uh, so like it uses Rosetta. The only thing that happened there was it popped up like, "Hey, you, you need to install Rosetta to launch this app," and it installed Rosetta, and uh, off we go. I didn't even notice a difference in performance or anything. If there is any others, it's probably not noticeable. Uh, the keyboard uh, is good. This is the good keyboard. Uh, I'm, I'm glad. I'm glad I skipped it. Like I'm glad. I'm glad I upgraded at a point where the Apple doesn't. Apple stopped making the shit keyboards, you know, uh, which was a travesty. Uh, like we we keep talking about those, but I don't want to mention those. Uh, like this keyboard, pretty solid. It uh, has a good feel when you're typing. Uh, good enough travel on it to feel like you're actually doing something with it. Touch ID uh, on the MacBook uh, is pretty nice. Uh, I know this is this is on the other MacBook Airs and stuff now too, right? Uh, like the MacBook Pros, rather. Like uh, Touch ID is pretty nice. It's it's very fast. Uh, and I and I remember like how good some Mac apps are. Uh, it's it's nice to use some uh, nice Mac apps. Uh, BB Edit is is, is great. Uh, I love to te- edit text, you know. Uh, no, seriously, there's like good apps on the back for sure that I really like, like Transmit and like, you know, Transmit is really cool. Actually, I was, I was setting up Transmit. I actually set it up so that I can upload, uh, our, you know, the, the MP3 of the podcast that you gave me. I can just upload it through Transmit, you know, and I don't have to open up the, uh, open up the Amazon AWS, uh, web panel, which is slow and I have to, Put in my two-factor authentication code and shit. Uh, I could just, I could just, I could just put the, I could just download the podcast uh, thing you give me uh, uh, from OneDrive, and just uh, upload it using Transmit. You know, the, that that's the workflow I'm looking for. Uh, so, are you using your audio hijacking? Are you actually are you using the MacBook right now to record this? No, 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 no. I, I can't actually because I don't have a USB-C to USB-A dongle. Uh, oh, Lord. Uh, you don't want me to use the AirPods Pro for, for recording, so I, I, I'm not going to subject you to that. Uh, but yeah, uh, you know, I, I, I'm, I'm, I'm pretty okay with that. Like, I'm very happy with that. Not okay, just I'm actually really quite pleased. I, I, was, I was like, should I really upgrade? I was like, should I just get a, a Windows laptop? And I was like, no, like, it doesn't make sense. Like, the M1 is just fucking better in all the ways that I care about, which is that it it, it doesn't get hot, it doesn't it doesn't it it, it it it's fast, and it the battery life of this thing is fucking incredible. Some obviously some apps use more battery. Like if you if you if you use only use Safari, then you uh, you don't use Chrome or Firefox, you'll notice like 
the difference between those uh, those browsers, right? Like the battery usage is significant. But otherwise, like even with stuff like Slack and Firefox running, like it's pretty good. Like it's still still holding up. Like the battery life is like I I, I feel like I could take I could actually take this laptop. Like when 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 things things like you know we are all vaccinated in, in, in five hundred years, like it's I I can actually go to like a coffee shop and work with this device. Like I can actually work away from home and not feel like I'm I'm like really being held back by my computer, right? Like even if it is a laptop with a, a single screen, right? Like the biggest thing with the laptop is for me the screen, but I, even with like how fast this thing is, like switching between apps, everything's smooth. Like I I, I don't I'm not like I could realistically like like travel with this or even like just work out like if i if i want to do work from uh, away from home like it's 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 good enough for that really good more than more than good enough so yeah that's that's the uh macbook air like it's it's pretty good uh, I'm, I'm i'm a big fan uh I, the usb-c thing is a little weird like i now need at least one dongle for so there, there's that you know, uh, gotta get a Ethernet dongle. You know, stuff like that. Whatever. This is the only one I have. That one's pretty good. I've been using that for a couple of years. Yeah, yeah. I'll, 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 I just have to order one. Like it's fine. It's not like I don't really actually probably don't even need the Ethernet dongle. I haven't used the the Thunderbolt the, Giga, the Gigabit Ethernet dongle in fucking years. So, oh. well, I mean, this one also has um, Wi Fi six on it. So honestly, oh, I know you don't. Your your access point isn't Wi Fi six, right? The no, but that's fine. That's 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 not that's not like not a big deal. Uh, but yeah, I probably use this thing wireless more than not. Just the only thing I need is the power, really. Uh, and I would prefer to use the the other USB C port for something like uh, like a USB A device of some kind, uh, like a dongle for that or or something like that. So uh, one of the things that's a little weird is like the UB key I have is a USB A UB key, so I, I'm not sure what to do with that. Like I, I think I might have to figure something out because obviously UB key gets used uh, for my desktop as well, which is USB A, right? So, but don't they have the ones that are USB A on one end and USB C on the other end? I don't. I have to look. I actually don't know. I have to look into that because that's I. If I if they do, I, I'll have to replace the UB key with a version that's both because it's a little like it's not a big deal because. Anything that has a for me that has a YubiKey as a, a, a authenticator option, I also have like actual proper like two factor other like not not a hardware based two factor for it as well because I always account for <laughs> account for because it's a physical device the the YubiKey can break or I can lose it you know stuff like that uh, so I always account for that so there, it's not a big deal that I don't have like. I still I still can log into my password manager is what I'm saying like I'm it's, I'm not like locked out of anything so that's that's fine uh, so yeah I I I, I still think this is uh, this is a pretty cool cool device uh, I, yeah yeah I, I I'm happy I'm happy with the with the computer for once uh, so there's that like it's been it's been a while since I've been actually like yeah this computer is actually really good uh, so there's so there's that also YubiKey does not have one that's USB A USB C. They have one that's lightning in USB-C, which I guess is interesting for maybe mobile devices. Which yeah, you can you can, you can actually put it in your like, like, iPhone supports like iOS supports it now, so you can you can like plug it into an iPhone and it'll do the thing. Uh, so yeah, like yeah, I know the YubiKey is it's like that's fine. Uh, not not really a big deal. Uh, so I have like the one like I have a question for you is that what sort of dog like I'm I'm like I need to buy a couple dog at least like the a USB-C to USB-A. And sh- and what else should I buy? Like, do I should I buy like like I need to buy another power brick for this, 
because I want to put one in my bag and one I keep at home, right? So like I, I don't want to like I want to keep get another one, but I don't think there's anything else that I need. I don't think. Uh, so with regards to dongles, you should get actually. I'd recommend getting like an anchor um, GAN charger because those are smaller. Those are the smaller ones. Let me actually send you an Amazon link for one. They have a really small USB 30-watt USB-C one, and I used to use it with the Switch. Uh, let me see. USB-C. Yeah, yeah. That's what, I was, that's what I was looking at. Like, I was like, yeah, should I, like, get one of those that has, like, multiple ports on it? Like, uh, like USB-A and USB-C ports on it, right? So, I can... So basically, what I what I want to like consolidate is like a like because I need to carry this, and like I usually carry like an iPhone charger brick, like a small one, like you know the one of the I don't know how many watts it is, but like whatever the one that comes with the iPhone, um, like I, I carry one of these. So I feel like I should like consolidate it into one power brick, right? Like one thing that can charge multiple devices. Like if I if I buy an anchor, one of these, like like the one you link. Uh, oh, there's another one then. Yeah, USB-C Anchor is not that one. There's one that has two ports on it. It's a 45-watt one. It is, let me pull it up, Anchor. USB-C. Yeah, basically, I need to be able to charge, like, an iPhone and uh, and, and this laptop, basically. Like, so, obviously, the 30 watts for the laptop, right? Uh, and I guess, like, 15 watts for the 20 watts for the for the phone or 15 watts for the phone or whatever it is. Uh yeah, this one will, will charge both the iPhone fast charge it, and it will charge your MacBook at full speed. Two power delivery ports on it. Okay, but it is two USB C, so I need to. I don't have actually any cables that are uh, Lightning to USB C. I only have Lightning to USB A cables, obviously, right? Uh, no, you have Lightning USB C. Your iPhone 12 came with one. Yeah, yeah, you you, you have a you have one cable because <laughs> you can't fast charge unless you use USB C Lightning cables, anyways. Oh, yeah, it did. Yeah, no, it's in my bag. Actually, it's in my bag. I didn't even. I forgot. Uh, yeah, yeah, okay, 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 okay. We good, we good, we good. Uh, okay, we we're good. Uh, so yeah, I just need to figure out what laptop, not laptop, what what, what uh, cables I need to buy. So I'm trying to like figure out what I need and what I actually need and stuff like. So yeah, I'm, I'm trying to. I, I'll actually. There's one on the Apple website that I saw that has three USB A ports and uh, one USB C port, I believe. Um, that one is also an anchor thing. But that one I was considering because there is like stuff that's still USB A, like the uh, watch charger I have. I mean, real talk, you could also just. I mean, so if if we're talking about the the actual portable setup, so MagSafe Duo charger plus this Anchor one, because this will support the twenty watt PD um, profile for it. So I mean, like obviously that, that's an expensive solution. That is also a solution I do. But a MagSafe Duo charger plus you know USB C cable to go to your MacBook, and you'll be able to charge all three of your devices um, if you're on the go. You know, for like the just leave it in your bag sort of charging setup. Um, I would recommend going through that for the fact of that. I think the MagSafe. I mean, well, MagSafe for the twelve is will charge it basically the same as a cable, anyways, right? They both charge around the same wattage, so you're not going to notice much of a difference. And if you get them, you know, the iPhone charger and the watch charger in the same, you know, little foldy thingy, I think that's pretty compact and, and a nicer way of doing it. Yeah, that's uh, you should. I uh, you should just send me links after this because I, I'm like I, I I will buy them. Uh, but yeah, uh, yeah, I was thinking I should buy like a like a battery pack for this, but I, I don't know if that's really necessary. Uh, I mean, nah. I don't think you need a battery. I mean, you technically could, but honestly, how good's the battery? How how's how's the battery life been holding up on the twelve? Uh, pretty good, pretty good. Uh, it it gets me through the day for sure. Uh, it's not like I I, I notice any any like I've I've never been in a case where I've used it all day uh, and it's it's like it's like 
at like 70% or 60%. Uh, so, you know, not, not really struggling with the battery life for sure. Yeah. And I would say also too, with regards to, um, dongles, I just use the Apple USB A to USB C one. Um, there's not, I mean, there, I don't need any other ports, right? Any of everything. I made an active choice to switch everything over to USB C. So the only things that I, I just have like a regular USB C to USB C cable for the Stadia controller. Um, Oculus Quest is USB C that came with one. Yeah, no. Um, I guess with the audio interface, I technically have a USB C to USB B for it, right? Like the printer style port, because that's what this interface uses. So, um, but that's just one I got off of Amazon. So, I mean, I don't know if you're ever be plugging the interface. So, I don't, I don't know. Are you hooking up the DAX on a MacBook? <laughs> no, 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 no. Not, like this is this is specifically for anything that's like I would carry with me. So it would be the laptop, and obviously my phone and my watch, right? So these are the th- three things that have batteries and would need charge. And also, I guess the technically the AirPods Pro, right? It has, but the AirPods Pro can charge the wireless charges you put on the MagSafe Duo. So if you get a MagSafe Duo, right, when you're not charging your phone, you can just put the AirPods Pro on there, and it will charge the case. Okay, okay. So I, I, I okay, okay. This, uh, I, uh, I will look into the. Then the MagSafe Duo charger seems like a pretty good idea. Uh, okay, so let's wrap this up. I feel like we're just here talking about fucking. We just we, we access. I mean, it's fine. I, I'm sure somebody will find it uh, useful. Uh, but yeah, like I'm happy with the MacBook Air. Uh, I am glad. Uh, it's fine. It's rare that you find a computer that you like, actually, and uh, so it's, it's, I'm happy with that. Uh, uh, let's wrap this up. So as always, uh, show notes to shadesofbrown.com. You can send us email at contact at twoshadesofbrown.com. Uh, you can find me on Mastodon at packetcat at tenforward.social and on my website, Safe dot com uh and just where do people find you so xcloud for ios and web browsers is now available i did i did get a beta invite which is weird i usually don't get this lucky so i've been playing some xcloud on the phone um some some things that touch controls right i'm playing it in the browser ios perfect i have not had any issues over wi-fi it has not been stuttery it's not i've not noticed any input lag on a computer different story I've not tried it in Chrome. I, it's probably better in Chrome, but it does support Safari. You don't need another, you know, you don't, it's not Chrome specific. You can do it in Safari on a Mac. So I did load up Destiny in Safari on a Mac, and there's two problems with it. I was on Ethernet for it, of course, you know, didn't want to take out any variables, my network being a problem. One, this is using Xbox One S server blades. Destiny runs at 30 FPS on the Xbox One S, and it has a spinning hard drive, so it's very chuggy. It's a chuggy game, you know. Why they are switching it to Series X blades later out later on in the year, right? So I imagine that's a problem that'll be solved at the time. Another one is, and this is regardless of game and input method, because we're using the Xbox controller on Bluetooth, and it input I can notice input latency. So I'm like, okay, let me try a wired controller. So I plugged in the Stadia controller that works fine wired and um, Safari for XCloud. So I'm using the Stadia controller. And I'm like, there's also still input latency, so it's not me, right? Like it's not. It might be. It might be better in Chrome. Um, I just I don't want to install Chrome, but it might be better in Chrome. But at least for Safari right now, there's definitely some work that needs to be done with the input latency. Outside of that, though, the UI is so much better than Stadia's. It is just f- such a nice, better UI um, than it. And yeah, um, game streaming. You know, fuck, fuck the Xbox. What to sell it? We're about to be cloud gamers up in this shit only. The Sadik's gonna sell his RTX 2080, buy a fucking iMac to go GeForce now. You know, it's the it's it's um it's it's a good time for cloud gaming. It's actually never a good time for it. But with that though, Josephine at chitter.xyz. <laughs> Bye. Goodbye. <laughs>